ladies and gentlemen, I'm 17 again and this is That's Hindsight, the podcast that puts media from the past under the microscope. We look back with hindsight and see whether films from yesteryear hold up today. Joining me, as always, today is Mark Shepard. Hello. How are you, Mark? Not bad, mate. Yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fabulous. That was very English of me. I apologise. Not bad, mate. <laughs> Not bad, mate. I'm, I'm very well, sir. Yeah, you're all right. Fantastic. That voice there. Who's that talking? Taylor Blackman, how are you? Wow, amazing. I'm fantastic. I like the contrast between Mark's, hello, I'm great, mate. <laughs> yeah. You're so here, critical of I'm me, Taylor. I always feel like you're personally morning. attacking me. No, I feel attacked. I'm here for it. It's what I, it's what I need today. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Why is it what you need today? Technical difficulties and I can make, take, make, make fun of you instead of you making fun of me. Are they taking their toll on you, Taylor? They are. As updated in last last edition, I've moved house and it's the first podcast in the new house and we've had a number of technical difficulties resulting in a slightly delayed start, which usually I would be the key advocator of complaint against. And so, that's why you sound so different. You've got this lovely soundproof room set up specifically for this podcast. It is an entire podcast studio. I've invested a lot of money into it. Soundproof it's fantastic. Thanks. Did you buy the entire studio on Facebook Marketplace? <laughs> I I like Facebook Marketplace, okay? I love it. I'm here no, for it. There's a certain type of people who buy off of Facebook Marketplace, and that's fine. Who and what was that sort of person? Go on. I buy chats. all my things from Harrods, and I just that's just <laughs> where these things are different. I, I, you know, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but obviously everything I buy is better. I can see you going around Harrods with a personal shopper. Oh, I'd love it so much. Pick that up for me, slave. No. Yes. How are you, Ed? Oh, I tell you what, I am. I am absolutely uh, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed? No, not really. I've just there are a lot of things coming to a close at the moment. Um, I have an apprenticeship that's ending, and um, some projects at work that are going on, and also uh, hopefully welcoming a child in the near future. And, uh, Anyone's child? A random uh, yeah, just, one? Or? I'm just, just going to welcome <laughs> oh, okay. see. Just check it. But, so I'm a bit kind of like, oh, there's so much to take in. Life is sure different here. Last thing I want to be doing is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this, this, is, this is the light relief. 2021 is your year, mate. Yeah, the film was a delight. It was. Well, oh, we, to talk about the we film... Are we talking about that already? Really, wow. we should take a journey back. <laughs> to 2009! 2009! I think I said this on the last podcast, but I feel like 2009 was three years ago. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's, it doesn't feel like it's, what, 12 years ago? No. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Well, Taylor, you were like literally half your age i am um, love i enjoy the podcast the most when i'm alive for the films <laughs> i just That's 2009 fair. i love the like i'm here i'm here for 2009 what a year i mean i feel like you say what a year for most of the years when you're alive don't really think anything that Taylor important here, happened in so 2009 not true <laughs> one very important no? thing that happened in 2009 was modern family aired its first episode modern family oh. the tv show of dreams so did parks and rec which is better would, and so did glee parks which is worse yeah. yeah would parks you 
Yeah, Parks, Parks and Rec, Rec so over Modern Family. Have you ever actually watched Parks and I've Rec? I've watched the first season and didn't like it. Because you need to watch beyond the first season, and I told you this. I think I may have watched the They didn't know the what they were going season. for in the first series. Yeah, it's so different after the first season. But it's not Modern Family. No, that's a good thing. Hopefully we'll oh. all agree on this, though. But after <laughs> a six-year break, this is very UK-centric, sorry, but oh, Cadbury relaunched the Whisper Gold chocolate bar. Oh my god, I actually remember this. Like, oh, because I remember being very pro it because I used to love Whisper Gold. I love Whispers and I love caramel. And remember it, like, you know, when it's sort of something has disappeared, but you don't really realise it until someone says, Do you remember Whisper Gold? And you go, Oh my god, I want one now. Yeah. What is a Whisper Gold? Wasn't it? I presume caramel, but is it like a caramel centre? Is it caramel flakes? I. It's a, a thin layer at the top, I believe. Or the bottom. Oh, oh, it's oh just God! I don't know. It's, it's just through the middle. It's just caramel through the middle okay. of a whisper. Like yeah. caramel, like you'd get in a caramel Cadbury's. Yeah, yeah, but thinner. But in a whisper. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah, it's it's worth it. I would say it's they're lovely. They are not. really nice. Is that good? Yeah. Right. Anyway, well, you've got a UK one. Let's, I'll go American then. So, this was quite the year for Obama. Because not only was he sworn in as the 44th president of the United States in January, in December he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. Hashtag. So, which I didn't know. I didn't know he'd won the Nobel Peace Prize, I must admit. So I was I'd like, wow, that, quite the yes, year. it did happen, didn't it? Yeah. So I, I thought, well, combine those two. Yeah, I mean, I always think that's the interesting thing about Obama is it's like outside of America, he's universally loved, more or less. Like everyone's like Obama. But like, I don't think that's the same feeling in America. It was a lot more divisive over there, and it's always interesting to think that everyone outside of it loved him, but everyone inside America, it was sort of a 50-50, mm. you know, and you think, why? Why, why didn't you all love him? He's great. <laughs> Imagine was. being sat there New Year's Eve 2009 and just thinking, like, this year I literally became president and won a Nobel Prize. I, like, I've completed yeah, life. Like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's just so chilled out, I think. It's just like, you know, I've done everything I want to do. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> yeah. chilling now. It's all good. To yet again lower the tone intellectually. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Facebook mm. launches Farmville. <laughs> you need to get away from Facebook. When I read this, I was like, I remember Farmville. My mum was obsessed with it. 83 million monthly users. It, it was big. Farmville was very big. I never played it. I remember I made a viral video about Farmville that I think wow. uh, got quite a few views. I don't know whether anyone can find it now. Is it considered viral if only a few people watched it? No, I think it had quite a few views. I wrote quite... Oh, okay. Yeah. Can, okay. I, can we find it and post it on the That's Fine site? If Instagram we find please. it, we'll post it, yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm quite excited to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was pretty big. Chesley Sully Sullenberger ditched US Airways Flight 1549 into the Hudson River off of Manhattan after both engines were disabled after a bird strike. See, now that's one of those facts that I don't... That's where it, it makes me think... Was that really in 2009? Yeah. Because I remember that plain as day. Same. And he, I mean, obviously he's had a, a film about it since then as well. Which I'd recommend. So. Sully. Yeah, no, it's a good film. Mm. Yeah. Does anyone die? 
No, no everyone, everyone, uh, everyone. I don't think the birds. Yeah, were very. It was quite well controversial off. because uh, a lot of people argued that he could have made it to a, an airport and landed properly, and landing in the Hudson River was like you know over the top and you know caused a lot of damage and ruckus and whatever. But pretty cool that you get those crazy pictures of that plane just floating oh, in the Hudson yeah. River. <laughs> Amazing, incredible. I remember it happened at the time. It was um, yeah, it was quite. A, Quite the news story, because mm. it's always nice to read a news story where everyone manages to walk away from it again, apart from the ducks. R.I.P. Um, for for you for you tech nerds out there, uh, the Bitcoin network was first created in 2009. The very first block was mined, as they call it, which was worth pretty much next to nothing when it first done. And currently, one Bitcoin now is worth about forty-four thousand pounds, or like sixty thousand dollars. Wow, and that, I mean, like considering that was worth like eight cents or something, I think I read it when it was first done. In twelve years, that's crazy. You wish you'd stuck um, a tenner on it, don't you? Oh, every every time I read something about it, I'm like, maybe I should just invest in some Bitcoin, I should, and I never do it, and it just keeps going up and up and up. And I still, even then, I saw this last night. I was like, maybe I will. I won't. <laughs> I, I'm terrible at investing. I always think like, well, I want to. If I'm going to spend money on something, I want something in return. Yeah. Like, and I always assumed that as soon as I put money on it, it would just drop. Probably. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just gonna go straight down into the soil. I like the fact that prior to this recording, we have discussions. We tell each other what our facts. Well, we don't tell each other our facts. We give hints to our facts as to make sure we don't get the same ones. Mm. And I like the fact that Mark's on his before mind today and said, "Taylor, make sure we I dibs all of these ones." And I like the fact you think that these are the facts I would pick <laughs> because yeah. Mark uh, Taylor's a big. Bitcoin. Analyst. It wasn't the Bitcoin one. Wasn't really one of the three that I thought you might pick. To be honest, my next cool. fact is that hmm. in 2009, the top baby names were Jacob and Isabella, which is rumored to be a case of Twilight Fever, which was released in 2008. I mean, there's a lot of idiots out there. Why was oh, Edward not picked? He was the better overlooked. choice for Bella, clearly. Well, there's only one Edward. I think as a name, Edward's lacking in sort of strength. And, Ouch. Uh, it hurts. Hey, I mean, oh, it actually... <laughs> I just, um, I love this idea that loads of people were like, yep, yeah, I'm going to name my baby after Bella from Twilight. If and if you it. hadn't have added that part of the fact in, I would have had no idea that that's why they were chosen. Because uh, I've never seen Twilight, so... I cannot wait yeah. to get 2008 and it to be my choice. Oh, good Lord. Let's and for us to watch Twilight. <laughs> Dear. Oh my word! Well, oh, wow. Christmas that yeah. year, uh, there was quite a famous campaign where Rage Against the Machine's single "Killing in the Name" was re-released and beat X Factor winner Joe McKeldry's "The Climb" after an, uh, a campaign on the internet to get it to number one because people were sick of X Factor constantly being Christmas number one. And I can confirm that I am one of the people who bought the single. As was just I. Just for that reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people did do it because, mm. I mean, I mean, streaming was still kind of in its infancy back then, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it was just coming in. But I definitely didn't really like buy a lot of stuff then and it was sort of, I, I will happily pay 89p just so Simon Cowell gets the arse. Yes. Which he did. Yeah, which he did. I mean, I you got a feel for that, this bloke, Joe, who is like the only X Factor one who didn't get 
<laughs> number one. Yeah, I suppose so. But then if you're willing to go on a program like that. It was good. It was like the public voting with their money and saying like, no, enough of this yeah. rubbish. It didn't last the next year, did it? But For that one year, we were like, we're going to do something about it. And what a choice of track to do it with. Oh, yeah. Uh, who picked it to be the one? I don't know. But yeah, hell of a track. It's, um... What was the song? Uh, Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. I don't know how You'll have goes. to listen to it. Too. I will have to listen it, to it. We could pretend to try and do it, but it would just be like, us just going, Killing in the Name of Very hard rock, sort of. Very anti-X Factor. And that was Christmas number one. Christmas number one, baby. Hi, hi, hi. Christmas, but half the time, Christmas number ones are not exactly Christmassy songs anyway, are they? I know. What we had the last couple of it years. annoys me when These it's not stupid song. twat baby, whatever he is, with these sausage rolls are up your bum. I don't even know what they are. It just infuriates me just talking about what them. What are we talking about? <laughs> are they? They've been Christmas number one the last couple of years, haven't they? Yeah, Lad um, Baby. Oh, Yeah, Lad, lad Baby. Uh, just talking, singing about sausage rolls. Like, what? No. Was it, uh, I, I, I hate Christmas. Christmas number one's just become a farce in itself, and I just it annoys me. Yeah. Speaking of annoying people, so uh, this is my pop culture fact for 2009. This was the year when, uh, during the Video Music Awards, when Taylor Swift was accepting her award, Kanye West decided he was going to jump on the stage, interrupt her, and say that he thought that Beyonce's Single Ladies was, in fact, the uh, best video of all time. And just like if you've if you actually watched it or have ever watched it, it is one of the awfully awkward moments I've seen. And you just you wonder what's going through his head when he was doing it. Like, is this? Do you feel like this is a good move? And poor Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm not like say her biggest fan. I don't dislike her, but it's just not my kind of music. But like, how awful for her? It is a bit <laughs> like, like in in your head. How did you think this was going to go down? Yeah, like. Uh, actually, Kanye's right. We we should yeah, probably swap. Like, take the award off of her. Get Beyonce up here. <laughs> like, like, just so. Oh, it's so typically Kanye, isn't it? Mm. Um, I just yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just like in 2009, I went to see Taylor Swift in her tour, Fearless tour. I was a Taylor <clears throat> Swift enthusiast. Wow. And I she just, was um very much on the rise at that point, wasn't oh, she? Oh, so this is a fun fact. So we went to see Taylor Swift. It was my first concert with my mum and my friend and her mum. And during the concert, they had like an opening act and it was this guy and everyone was screaming. We had no idea who it was. It was Justin Bieber. Oh, um, wow. No idea who he was. He did a backflip during his set on stage, broke his leg and was carried off crying. Oh, no. That's, he well, finished the I mean... song, but then got carried off in tears. But we were like, who was that? What's just like, it was so weird. Like, no idea what had happened. Did Kanye West then appear and say he'd done the best back for full time? Yes. I, yeah, I'm I not here he for that. I think that was just Kanye West. I, awful. It's, Good it's, music. It speaks volumes of, yeah, Kanye West being very self-involved, really, doesn't it? Mm. I think his opinion matters. Anyway, what? that's all my facts. That's all my facts. Okay. Well, in that case, then, I will tell you that's the highest grossing movie of 2009. Mm. It's quite a big one. was Avatar quite a big one yes <laughs> I'm glad that we didn't pick it how many hours is it oh it's got to be over t- it's two and a half maybe three hours my parents know. were obsessed with this to the point where we went to see it three times in the cinema oh my word 
I'm, I, I can confirm I've never seen it. Really? I've never seen it. I I remember it being released. I remember seeing the trailers at the cinema thinking, well, that film just looks a bit rubbish. just didn't really <laughs> like the look of it. And then everyone, everyone went and saw it and was just like, oh my God, Avatar, it's just this amazing film. And I, so I was like, all right. I watched the trailer again. I was like, I still think it looks rubbish. So I <laughs> just, it's never, I've literally never been that interested enough to watch it. Like even after all these years, I don't, I you know I don't think I ever will really. But I think what annoyed me recently was obviously that was the highest grossing film of all time, right up until year before last, or an Endgame took the title. And it's like yeah, Deserved. get in there. I love yeah. Avengers. I'm a Marvel fan, so. Okay. And then and now for some reason they re-released it in China, Avatar, and now it's taking a spot back. And I was just like, <laughs> Cameron knew, didn't he? I'm not having that. Yeah, at least in China. Disney owns all of them anyway, so to them, like we don't really care. <laughs> don't whatever, care, whatever wins. What I don't get about Avatar is that they they're apparently going to be like multiple sequels, but it's like been over a decade yeah, yeah. since it came out. What is Cameron yeah. doing? Yeah, and, and who's still here for it? No one's going to remember <laughs> it. And like I know at the time it was very because it was all it was when 3D was having its brief popularity again, wasn't it? It was good for showcasing the new tech. Yeah. But, like, that's not going to be a thing that anyone cares about now. No. So, is it actually going to be at a stand-up of its own volition? That is thing. coming out on the 16th of September, 2022. I'll believe oh it when God. I see it. Yeah, I mean, it's still a whole another year, over a year away. So, yeah, mm. that's only good change for them. And in music, the best-selling album in the US, but this is worldwide as well, um, was I Dreamed a Dream by Susan Boyle. Wow. Susan Boyle has one of my favourite comms moments of all time. For the reason. So comms. she did a... She was launching her album and she did a big social media campaign or they did a big social media campaign on house. And the hashtag was Susan's Album Party. I remember this. If you read the hashtag, it doesn't say Susan's Album Party. And that is one of the greatest... I think that is fantastic. Can you uh, tell us what it looked yeah, like it said? You, can you remind us? Sue's aiming at Dan Party. <laughs> and... Sorry, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> right, Dan, is what I'm going to say. But Sue's it... anal bum party was yes! that. Yes. I just love it. I think that's such a comms. Like, that is a complete reason to double check everything. I think we need to point out the fact that you keep calling it comms because you work in that industry. So for everyone else, that's just a, a social media thing. But oh, comms. Nerd alert. On the flip side, though, <laughs> would it have trended more because of that error? Probably. So probably did some good. Although I don't think I, I would have read it and gone, what about the album now, actually? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really good to be associated I... with your brand, is it? No. I remember thinking that was my kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to discuss 17 again. And welcome back. As discussed before, we are talking about 17 again today, which uh, was Taylor's choice, which I'll ask Taylor then. What was your uh, familiarity with this film? Not only have I seen it once, but I've seen it twice, three times, possibly four. Big fan. Haven't looked at the film in hindsight, but 
I have been a big fan of Seventeen again. Okay, and Mark, uh, I never seen it before. Um, I mean, I was I was aware of it as a film, but I think when it came out, I was less. I wasn't really that aware of who Zac Efron was at the time, so to me, it wasn't really a film where I was like, oh, "This is on my radar." I wasn't aware of Zac Efron. Well, not in 2009, because in 2009, all he'd really done to me, I think, was High School, High School Musical. Musical. Yeah, well, I wasn't yeah, a teenage Mark, girl, so... <laughs> was... I wasn't a teenage girl. Well, you weren't far off. Well, how old were you when High School Musical came out? I oh, know, you were young, young. Yeah, yeah well, so I was nine when 17 I just wasn't... Out. I feel like High School Musical was aimed at younger, the younger generation, and I was yeah. not of that generation at that yeah. point. okay. Ed, what's your history with the film? So, I'd never watched it before. I remember seeing that it had Matthew Perry in, which was almost a small carrot for me to watch it. Mm. Uh, in reality, I don't know if I'm a massive fan of Matthew Perry films. I like Matthew Perry, but I feel like his films sometimes aren't... I think it depends on the film, because there's a, a couple of films he did very close together, which was uh, The Whole Nine Yards and Three to oh, Tango, yeah. are both yes, high actually, on my list as They are good films, films. yes. Yeah. But, I mean, that. he can be quite hit and miss. There's some stuff he's done that's absolutely I think that's it. I, and I looked at it, and I, from the trailer, I was like, I don't feel like he is that big a character in it, or he's not going to be in it mm. that much. No, he's not. And it turned out to be that way. But To the point that I, I yeah, I didn't know he was in it until uh, you told me last week, or the last time we did it. And it was like, oh, he's got Matthew Perry in it. I was like, I, I, a bit like you then. I was like, oh, well, that's more of a selling point for me, but not mm. a lot. But I hadn't seen it, so no. Okay, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. How the film opens. Don't call me an elephant, that's just rude. (laughs) I thought I had put High School Musical on by mistake. I was gutted. This opening scene, I have no recollection of it. I was absolutely gutted to see it with Zac Efron shooting hoops with his shout off. Well, I completely appreciated the scene. I was like, I bet you did. I I sat there and thought, Ed and Mark are going to ridicule this. But this is this is shocking. Considering <laughs> your your constant pointing out of the fact that any film with some slight female nudity in it was like, why was this in there? And I was just a bit like, oh, okay. I was. This is. But that's, this is the only scene in the film. But for some reason, there's just Zac Efron shooting him shirtless. It just doesn't make sense. It absolutely doesn't make any sense at all. But that's, again, but that's where these sort of things don't age as well now because you just, I don't think you would see that. Um, but no. at the time, it's a bit like, what's going to sell this film? Zac Efron with his T-shirt off. And I mean, it was a selling point, but... <laughs> it made me watch. So the, after that scene, you basically learn that Zac Efron's character which his name is Mike, just call him Zach for effect, um, is basically, he's got the biggest game of his life. It's dependent on if he gets, of course, it's, it's basketball, coming. which I think for Zach, for Zach Efron, this film went really well to break him from High School Musical, but still keeping his charm. Like the bas- all the basketball references, I was here for. I liked it. It was, well, and I found it interesting as well, obviously, because... You immediately get the you get the impression that he's going to be a high school jock to to use a high school movie not a high school movie but like a, that sort of standard of film like they're jocks and all this and that. But then he obviously had this nerdy friend, didn't he? Um, and but I I found it like 
jarring a little bit. Like, that friend was so... Why was that friend part of the basketball team? He wouldn't be on the basketball team. He, he was, was tiny. He was a boy, wasn't Is he? Is that what it was? That, I don't know. That was never really presented. Like, just oh, seemed I to felt... be there in the photo. It was really jarring in the opening scene. But then as you learn about Mike and Ned's relationship to the present day, I like the relationship. I think it's funny. I didn't really, really understand why they were friends. Yeah, there was never really, it never really made sense to me. They, they had literally nothing in common. Like, unless they've literally known each other since birth, which we never found out. Well, Mike was always nice to Ned. I'm nice to a lot of people. It yeah, doesn't mean know, that we're best mates. Mean, he's, like, they're not... I think it's sweet. I think it's nice that they are mm. friends and he looks out for him. I just, I'm kind of looking at it going, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That was exactly what my problem was with it. It was just like, they seem too far removed from each other to have the kind of friendship that they do. Like, yeah. But I'm sure we'll get to that a bit later on anyway. So. We then are at his big game, I think. I can't remember if there was a scene in the movie. Yeah, it's still the big, it is the big the... game in it. It's about yeah, whole opening yeah. scene, which is in 1989 in the past, obviously. Yeah, and, the but... girl, and his girlfriend there, Scarlett, is there. She's holding, like, she's looking at him all dramatically. It's like, this is very High School Musical. Like, his head's in the game, but his girlfriend's, like, walking out, and he's like, throws it all away. Why? What? What like... I don't get about is that if she cares about him that much... This information could wait until after the game. It does, yeah. I, I, I was similar to you. I thought this is a very odd moment to drop this news on someone. Like when it obviously first happens, you don't find out what's happened. It's like, oh, she's dumped him or something, um, and mm. it's just devastating him a bit. And this is going to be him getting his girlfriend out. And then when you find out, oh, actually, she's pregnant. I was like, oh, I don't think I was expecting that. And yeah, but similarly to you, then at that point, I was just like, pick your moment. Adds to the teen rom-com effect. I know, obviously, I know that it's there to set up the film and all this and that, and it would make a lot of sense otherwise, but it, you know, sometimes suspension of disbelief is almost a bit hard to suspend your disbelief. Mm. We then jump to the future, which is basically the entire part of the film that has Matthew Perry in it, um, because mm. he basically just disappears for the rest of it. He's in a job he doesn't like, he doesn't like his home life, he's getting a divorce from the wife i think the scene with it doesn't get the promotion it's all very like it's so stereotypical like i feel like you could predict the plot of this film before watching it but i love i just think it's so home it's, comfy it is so formulaic yeah <laughs> it, yeah but it, i can i i'm not hating it no you're not hating no, it no yeah i agree with you. i mean it is it, it's the same i mean you it's know not what a, you're getting yeah, it's not a film we haven't seen before, so you you know what the setup's going to be. And I almost, in a way, I was a bit like, at least this isn't beating around a bush. It's just like, and it quite it does all these things quite quickly. Like, boom, he loses promotion, consequently gets fired. Marriage is in a shambles. Kids hate him. We know this guy's pretty low, you know. Yeah, he takes his kids for he picks them up from school, doesn't he? he takes them to the ice cream parlor, and that obviously he's like ten years behind. I like the fact that. So when I first watched this film, weirdly I'd watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer first. So have you seen have you seen Buffy, either of you? Yeah, what, the, the film or the TV the show? The TV show. I've watched them all. So you know Maggie? What, her, her sister, Michelle Trachtenberg. It's Dawn. Yeah, I know that. Oh yeah, I know. Well, just setting it up. But like, when I first watched this film, it really threw me. Because I remember like, 
one of the scenes that just sticks in my head is her listening to the music and she's like listening along and it's just not even connected to anything mm. she was very good at playing a, a moody teenager back then I, I, th I think this must have been just after Buffy finished was it she felt like she was she Probably. felt older in this film than she did in Buffy yeah. Um, I could be wrong. I'd have to look up the dates. but I was trying to think where I recognise her from. You're probably right, Taylor. It probably was Buffy, wasn't it? Buffy. She's been in a couple of other films. I don't, I just, it's probably stuff now, but I don't see stuff. But I remember she was in Road Trip. No, Euro Trip, sorry. This whole section, it just sets the scene, doesn't it, of what his life is like. As He's mm. supposed to be... It's all slipping away from him, isn't it? Yeah. And then <laughs> this is the bit that where things start to become a little bit um, strange. Well, can we just before we hit that exact note <clears throat> i want to in america can you just walk into any high school you like and start walking around i'd made this night i was like well he just he just walked in no one stopped him and i'm going it was only 12 years ago i feel like someone would have been like um hello <laughs> you know just yeah it really struck me as like i don't feel like he would just be able to walk into a yeah. high school and walk around and no one during the day like it, it might have been a weekend or it might have been after school but there's there would have been someone surely would stop someone i'm pretty sure in 2009 they had like visitors badges yeah, and things like that security guards in america at schools has been a thing for quite a long time hasn't it i thought does he meet so he meets the janitor when he picks the kids up from school for the first time the janitor is this character that we think is a school janitor well, I mean, the upshot of it is, is that he's looking at his um, picture in the cabinet, isn't he? The uh, the trophy cabinet. He said, like, "I wish I could go back. It was all better back then." And you know it's coming, don't you? <laughs> Just like, oh, he's obviously going to give him his wish, as it were. I love. I do like the character of the janitor. I just like how random it is. It's so random. And then he just sees him jump off the bridge. And then well, this he... was... I... So I weird. Like this. I love it's just it. unexplained. There's no kind of real world grounding of any of it. It's just, so I'm going to do this for you. You're going to fall in there and then that's done. Okay. Yeah. You won't see me again. Bye. That's what got me about it. Like in all of these, a lot of these films, there's sort of, there's, there's a little bit of mystery behind the magic. Like I think of like Big for instance which is obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, an older version of a similar film where he makes a wish on the make a wish machine and he oh, i wish i was big and it it happens like overnight when he's sleeping it's like very magical and this one was just weird like he sees the guys about to jump off the bridge then he's gone and there's a whirlpool with a his younger self floating in the water and i was just like weirdly walked zach efron yeah, face in the water yeah. looked so everything strange. about it was terrible don't defend it taylor the whole thing about this film is not about that it's i don't really consider it about the moment where he becomes 17 again i just see it as him being 17 i feel like that made it just made it worse for me i feel like it could have been done a lot simpler and a lot like why not have him just wake up in the morning young again yeah. why did he have to fall off a bridge into a whirlpool of water have you seen the film 13 going on 30 no it's the opposite of this and it follows a really it's a similar date release and it follows a similar well big is as well that's what big yeah. is yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But, but like how in 13 going on 30 how does it happen do you remember I remember she sat in the cupboard hitting her head against something and she was going flirty, flirty and thriving. And then there's glitter that comes down onto her head and she wakes up the next morning. See, but that's even that's I better. Think that's better. Yeah. yeah it's, probably it's just a bit like, 
it happens while they're asleep. Not fall into a whirlpool in a river. What? And he obviously actually falls into this whirlpool because when you see him next, he's covered in mud. It's just like. So he obviously didn't die in the process, which I guess is great, even though it was torrential rain and it probably would have done. And then this is when you're introduced to Ned because he doesn't know what to do. He's his young self. So then you meet Ned, who's his the childhood best friend and do you two like the character of Ned? This was I was really No, I hated it. Do you? I wasn't sure if you love it or hate it. Alright, I was gonna say, I feel like again this is 12 years ago and perhaps acceptance of what i'll call nerd culture was probably just coming into its own then i think big bang theory was probably just starting as a show for a couple of years and these things were becoming a bit more it was acceptable to be a nerd i mean i consider myself a huge nerd in terms of i like all that kind of stuff but it's like they took a stereotype and turned it up to 50 and just like would just take a small weedy guy and just make him so he obviously invented some random technology has made millions and by doing that has bought every nerdy thing he could want in a moderately sized house but had the most flashiest cars i none of it made sense to me um but i just his character you could almost turn around and say like by today's standards he might be considered autistic or something because he seemed to have no social skills but to the point of it made no sense. And these things will come up later in the film, but you've asked me what I thought of him, so now I'm off on one. No, that's fine. Ed, what do you think? I didn't feel as strongly as Mark. <laughs> oh. I, uh, I, I agree with Mark's sentiments that they kind of did turn his nerdness up to 11. Yeah. I'm trying to think, because you're right, nerd culture is very common now, and I don't think it's unusual now if you, in a time when we could go around other people's houses you would go around someone's house that you've never been before and find out that someone is a bit of a nerd and be like, oh, wow, you've got all these figurines and things. And I can believe that there is someone like that who's got uh, unlimited income to spend on these silly things. But then there's the whole sleeping in the land cruiser from Star Wars. That's, what, yeah, you know, a bit like, that's the stuff. Like That's too far. You wouldn't use your collectible stuff to attack someone you just wouldn't do it. I'm sorry. Like, your collectible stuff would stay where it is and you'd find something else. Get a knife mm. from the kitchen. Don't try to attack them with a lightsaber. It's just like... It's it's just like we're going to make sure that you know this guy is a nerd. It probably doesn't hold up as well today, for definite. But I like the contrast of the characters. It's just the fact it sets him up as, oh, he's, he's a nerd and then he's so successful and he's got all he's got everything he wants and he's... Like, as a character, I think he's really funny. Like... Got everything except love. Except oh, love. Oh. oh, this relation... That relate. Like, we'll, we'll get to it, but... I'm, I mean, I like so I like funny. the actor. So I like the... I can't remember his name, but I've, I've seen him. He's in a lot of stuff. And uh, generally speaking... Thomas Lennon. I quite like him as an actor, but I just felt this part was just... Just... Ugh. But, I mean, obviously, a little bit of it was... Well, I'd say they used it to the advantage. I did like the fact that they lent into the fact that this is something that happens in fiction like and they were like he'd got all they'd got all the research out and and, and we're talking about how i like that yeah. i was just like oh that's actually kind of what you say kind of meta i suppose like it wasn't like a, oh my god this never happens it was i like that they actually acknowledged that this thing seems to happen and he's got to find his path or whatever it was yeah it's a spirit guide and he's got to steer him onto a better path 
his path is to, he thinks his path is, oh, well, I've got to go to college and get a basketball scholarship. Like, because that's where he thinks his life went wrong and that's why he resents his wife and his children because they took that away from him. So he enrolls in school and the scene where he meets, I just love the fact Ned's like, nope, I'm not doing it. Nope, I'm not doing it. Next scene, they're walking up. I just, I like, I love the idea that it's Ned's child as well. I just think it, that was that was mildly amusing, yeah. I mean, because it was again, it was ridiculous. But when they go to the head teacher's office and he's trying to talk to her, and the stuff he's saying, I'm like, yeah, even a socially awkward person just wouldn't say these things. So the, inappropriate. It was it was beyond silly. The photoshopped pictures crack me up. Oh god. Oh yeah. It's like everyone's head just on all of these other like, yeah. But they don't, they don't seem to have a problem with enrolling him into school at all. I suppose that's where Ned's use like comes into it. He's just able to make him have a record and whatnot. That's it. I mean, like, lean into that thing again. Just be like, oh, he's great. Well, he doesn't he. When he first goes to be enrolled, he's wearing chains and everything. And then Ned's like, hold on, we're taking you shopping. We're making. And when he rocks up on the first day of school, he does look dead cool. Even today, I'd say that holds up well. Yeah, and he looks cool, but I I remember <clears throat> I have literally written down. I find it hard to think a grown adult would slip into that character so easily. Like he's been, I don't know how old he's supposed to be. Um, thirty-seven. So, so we're we'll going about forty. Right. Okay. Like you wouldn't suddenly remember how to be seventeen again and be effortlessly cool. And it's such a like, fun. It's such a long montage of him yeah. walking in different rooms and it like oh, different angles. Yeah. Oh, it was, that was I too like long. that he he does get um, brought back down to earth quite quickly, though, doesn't he? Yeah, people busting yeah. past him and yeah, yeah, and yeah, for sure. He goes into the bathroom and discovers that his I just this is so sad, but his son is just taped to the toilet. I know of a friend who on the last day of school was taped to a fence. It's like oh, as wow. a joke, as a joke, not like it is brilliant, isn't it? But is that ever a joke? It wasn't me, I mean, it wasn't my school. Like, that's the first moment of, I have no idea what's going on. And he discovers that the person who taped his son to the toilet was his daughter's boyfriend. Yeah, it all lines up very conveniently. Such poor life decisions on the behalf of his Maggie, his daughter. Gotta look out for your brother. And I, I always felt like she doesn't come across like the person who would be dating that person in terms no. of how they make these films work normally. Like, normally he'd be dating the cheerleader but she just seems to be i don't know it didn't line up right in my head but i didn't it was a minor thing i didn't really dwell on it or anything this leads him to believe that it's not his mission to get into basketball it's his mission to help his children which thank thank god he's finally realized it's not about him but this scene okay this is my favorite scene ever in the whole world with him in the basketball confronting the bully Stan. Very enjoyable. Is one of the best scenes of TV. And, yeah, that I, I didn't. Obsessed. So good. Zach Efron showing off his basketball skills. It's funny. I'm just 100% here for it. Yeah, I must admit, I was watching it thinking he's obviously doing all these tricks. That's actually quite impressive. He obviously can play pretty well, or certainly he's good at tricks and stuff. But, uh, you know, I was like, uh, you know, when you start watching it, you're thinking, have they managed to, like, is this edited somehow? And I thought, no, he must be doing it. Yeah, he probably um, had a lot of development in High School Musical 1, 2 and 3. Does he play basketball in those as well? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why okay, that's okay. why it all links is because he's a Troy Bolton, the basketball player. But when he goes, uh, first of all, I'm going to call your parents. That makes me just want to crawl up and die. Like, no, so great. cringy. <laughs> I did like the fact that he wasn't just suddenly 17 and acting like a 17-year-old. There was still yeah. a lot of that. He's that old man in the per- young person's body. And I've... it made me wish there was a character like well, uh, someone like that at school when I was at school. <laughs> yeah, that was stood up for what was right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it made you think. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know. Yeah, I don't think I'd class it as my favourite scene ever in the whole world ever, Taylor. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's a very enjoyable scene. Oh, the whole time I was watching it, I remember thinking, I. I really hope that this lands and doesn't. We don't like the bully doesn't get the upper hand at the end. So I was glad to see that it does mm. go through, and he's just like, I was scared that would happen as well. Mm. You just shove him or something, yeah. And then none of it made an impact. Yeah. So that was it. Wasn't that a very good scene? Very good scene. This then starts Mike being like a good friend of Alex. They're like buddy buddies now, aren't they? And mm. he goes back to the house and meets his wife. How I know she's drunk. Um, the mum when they first meet but how would you not recognise that as your husband when he's 17 again I mean 20 years have passed but she does so doesn't she she doesn't look at photos she doesn't no, but she, and, she grabs his she face does, and stuff. she does look at him and say you look just like my husband but obviously you wouldn't think that your husband had de-aged 20 years yeah so you'd be like you'd just be like well that's a weird coincidence I suppose I know what you're coming from I do know where you're coming from your, the logic in your brain would be like, well, it can't be him, so yeah, it, it's impossible. So deciding, he then decides he wants to fix his relationship with Scarlett. I think it's more because he's hearing about her going on other dates and he doesn't like the idea of it. She's doing a garden renovation. He then decides to volunteer to help to get work experience. Obviously, she's like, I'm not going to get with you. And he's like, I didn't want that. So awkward. There's so many cringy moments throughout this. I love it. What did make me laugh was early on in this film, she's got this like friend who's like supposedly helping her get out there. This friend just disappears and you never see her again. Like she's in a couple of scenes and then honest to God, it's just never there. And you're like, what? Is she okay? Like, oh, I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> just, just, it feels really weird. Like let's introduce a character. Ah, forget about her. Um, but I just found that quite funny when I realised later on, I was just like, we've not seen her since about the second scene where he sees his wife. <laughs> what does Mike say his relationship is? That they Because he says they're cousins to... Um, Ned's. Is it Uncle Ned? He says Uncle it? Ned, and I think it just comes across like a friend of the family sort of situation. But Ned isn't uh, related, which would might explain why he then looks after him when they're younger. What do you mean? Because now I'm wondering, are they cousins? Is it actually? A, yeah, maybe. In which case, like, some of the stuff that comes later between Mike and Scarlett... Oh, what's you saying? The young Mike and Scarlett is, is so inappropriate. It's like he's her nephew. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be nephew, would it? It'd be... Second cousin. Yes, second cousin. I don't know. You could be wrong, wrong there. I don't think it's ever really established, and that's half the problem with it. And it's just, a lot of these things are just sort of mm. up in the air. But maybe you're right. But yeah, like you said, that does add an extra layer of inappropriateness to the whole situation. You're watching it, and you're a bit like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> it's very. It's hard to watch mm. some of it. It's so uncomfortable. But are we? Is that how we're supposed to be feeling? 
because obviously you would feel like back then that would I don't think that'd have felt any better. Like I don't feel like this is something that's aged poorly. I feel like if I'd have watched this in two thousand and nine, I'd still be watching it going. This is I don't what do how do I deal with this? <laughs> yeah, like, and I also think like imagine if it was the other way around. Well, like it exactly. was the dad and uh, you know a, a younger girl. It would it would just be horrendous. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing that it's Uncle Ned because he's a friend. Yeah, one a fake uncle. Yeah, yeah. Friend of well, I'm thinking, yeah, it, the whole flirting thing is is uncomfortable, but this middle section of the film just basically you're seeing he's helping his son get good at basketball, he's helping with the guard. Like it's just a bit. Uh, of, it, it just I literally flows. wrote montage time and what a great dad he is when he's 17. Why all of a sudden he's great at all these things? Like it just. It made me laugh. It made me laugh that it became a montage. I was like, oh, I'm glad we've got a montage in this film for, for no reason at all. But, I mean, the, the bits with his kids are always quite wholesome, I think. They are quite good. Like, he's helping his son come more. He's trying to stop his daughter make bad decisions. And it just gets overshadowed by this really creepy thing with his ex-wife. <laughs> every time it happens, you're just like, oh, no, I'm watching this through like one eye, like through my fingers, because I'm not really sure I want to see this. When he's talking um, about in their insect ed class and they're handing out condoms and he's talking about he wants to get a purity ring and everything, that was just so <laughs> awful. Like there are moments where you really see that he's a dad, but then yeah. there are others where you wouldn't think you wouldn't know it. But it's those moments I actually really liked in the film. I must yeah, admit, they are like good. when he's being proper dad. These are moments where I felt like Zac Efron really shined because I, I do I think uh, I do rate Zac Efron. I think he's a great actor Same. and I think he really did the role well because you he's, he's very convincing in that in that but those bits where he's being an old man in a young man's body i did enjoy that scene i must admit where the, the whole abstinence scene but it's it's i'll tell you what i was gonna say it's roughly around this point as well that i started wondering how much time has passed in this film because like yeah. she's landscaped that whole garden like that's not a five minute job like there's got a whole, she's got a whole pond in there. It's all re landscaped, and you're like, how long has this? How long has he been young for at this point? Weeks, months? I don't. It doesn't really have a timeline, does it? I wanted to know how much time was passing. It can't be that long because they have that divorce hearing thing that he doesn't turn up for, yeah. and that was only a short amount of time away. Then it seems it got deferred, doesn't it? But like. And that, I mean, that's like that. Yeah, we never really touched upon the fact that he misses his first divorce hearing. Says he's in, oh, I forget where he says he's someone like Machu Picchu or something, and that's just accepted as fine. And no one questions <laughs> where he is. No one's missed him for a month. Like, they're just, not worried. No one care, cares where he. Oh, he's there. Nah, he's fine. None of his kids have ever questioned where their dad is. They don't like him. Like bits like that, like how much time had passed, no one had questioned where he'd gone. I know you're supposed to not really say about these, you're not supposed to think about it, but I couldn't help but think about it while I was watching it. So this is kind of the pinnacle of the plot. It's say so Ned has been pursuing the principal the whole time. Oh god. But basically, he offers to buy every student in the school a laptop if she agrees to go on a date with him, and she reluctantly accepts because he was like, "You don't want to defy, deny the kids a laptop." Puts him in a very difficult position, and I think today that would not hold up at all. It's not okay. I hated the whole Ned pursuing the head teacher subplot. The fact that the whole thing seemed to be there just to get him out of the house at one point in the film. 
it was painful to watch. It wasn't entertaining viewing. I like the moment we get to, so when they're on the date, when she suddenly speaks Elvish. And it's kind of like she's been denying him because a it, some student has... <laughs> I can't even say A student's no, parent. She doesn't get involved with parents of her students. Yeah, yet. but I and like then, but... that moment of it's just... And the music comes in and it's well, like... Oh, she's also a nerd, so it's fine now. No, isn't it? I just like the fact they've got something in common. Do you know what I mean? There's some questionable moments with them at the end of the film anyway, but... Just found that whole subplot just bizarre. The actress who plays the principal, Melora... Melora Hardy. Who's in the office as... Jan Levinson Gould. is it? The trouble is, I'd watched that recently, and in my head, I couldn't... I thought that she was going to have a breakdown or something <laughs> during it. <laughs> Yeah. And then when she started speaking Elvish as well, well, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jan. I could, and that's the problem. And I, I, similar to you, it's not long ago since I've last watched The Office. Um, I, it's hard to see her as anyone but Jan. And especially because she's <laughs> the head teacher was a very similar kind of authority character. It was just Jan all over. And I was just like, where's Michael Scott? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. No. I found it weird that all the kids, the young kids, seem to be hanging out at a bowling alley. Before we get to the party bit, like, do kids hang out at bowling alleys? I've never seen that in social. a film ever. It looked like it was it was someone's birthday. But they all look like they hang out there all the time. Like, it was just weird. I Might just, be an American culture thing, possibly. But like, like, in, every, in everything I've taken from American films, bowling is considered... I, mean, I know bowling is the number one sport in America, or whatever, what it used to be. It's like the sort of thing that you see like middle-aged people playing and it's never considered a cool sport. And I found it like, to me, I found it jarring that these kids were hanging out at a bowling alley. I didn't even think twice about it. I, I don't know why I took it that way. Like I say, perhaps because I've seen so many of these films where bowling is not considered a cool thing to be doing. That suddenly like everyone that's playing bowling is cool. Does he get, um, Mike gets punched in the face, doesn't he? At the bowling alley again. I hate the fact yeah. that this, the bully, Stan, lands a good few punches on Mike. Oh, yeah. Throughout the film, he gets whacked. Him out. He never really gets him back. I know. I mean, I, know, I think I always think from that is that because, again, because he's an older man inside that young body, he perhaps his response is not to immediately retaliate. During that bowling scene, there's the bit where Alex, the son, is flirting with Nicole or trying to flirt with Nicole and it, it just goes disastrously wrong yeah. but I did enjoy the fact that Nicole wasn't a stereotypical head cheerleader yeah. kind mm. of thinking he's a freak for even talking to her which I so I appreciated that that she kind of found him slightly endearing with his uh when he once he catches on fire <laughs> one point I think I have you yeah, ever it caught does, on though. fire the weird question have you ever caught on fire I don't, I don't think so my hair has caught a light once when I was leaning over a candle and it didn't go I put it out really quickly but it's that moment it's pretty damn like you can just simply <laughs> see fire next to you like it's yeah I love the fact it's funny he is relatively calm even though his legs on fire I'll give him that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, he does maintain his composure his quite well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it plays into that kind of when you're trying to psych yourself up to 
ask someone out or something and you get that feeling of well what's what is the worst that can happen she say no and that no the worst that can happen is you'll catch on fire yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh yeah let's take a quick break and we'll be back shortly welcome back let's carry on taylor take us through this next sequence we're on our way to the party so mike has said knows his uncle ned's off on a date he's like we need to get alex another chance to kiss nicole we're having a party at mine but before he leaves he spots maggie crying on the bleachers very sad they basically goes over she's upset she's he's like what's wrong what's wrong like gets really close like fatherly and basically the tea is that stan the man she didn't want to have sex with him yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. special and he didn't and so he's dumped her stan is a classy guy i love the fact his name's stan (laughs) just really just like doesn't sit as a name he would have i think he kind of looks like a reject from an eminem music video as well which he had a song called Stan, and I think that's how it all links in my head. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, but this scene is just the oh, start of oh the, just what, even more awkwardness. And again, I, I watching it assumed that obviously this is played to be as awkward as it is. Mm. But it is. it doesn't make it any easier to watch, does it? Like, it's just like, oh, you know it's going to happen. It's like, no. <laughs> really really know it's, it's hard to watch nice. mm. and then it becomes maggie's obviously perception of mike has changed to a mm. in love interest one you can understand why she would suddenly feel that affection towards him but like you can see it coming a mile off and i'm just sitting there watching it being like no uh, uh. like and i'm just like, I'm like please god don't try and kiss him or something and i'm glad that he, yeah. he he successfully keeps fending her off and he like he turns an advance just into a hug and it's I'm glad it never reaches that point. It never gets to a back to the future level where he makes out with his own mum and stuff like, you know, like <laughs> thank God. Like um I did turn to Louise during this bit going, It hurts, it hurts, make it yeah, stop. Like, yeah. <laughs> did Louise enjoy the film? Um yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> That's fair enough. But we're at a party, and it's a typical house party, isn't it? Everything's out of control. They're holding all of Ned's stuff. There's the lightsabers. There's it's all got a significant amount of alcohol. But I suppose teens in America can get a hold of that sort of stuff. I don't know. Teens find a way. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you kind of see the full extent of the house now, don't you? Like you see the different levels, the pool. Like nice it looks like a good party. Like I'd be keen to be there. I was going to say, I was just like, I do like quite early on in that scene. He does just sort of stand there and go, "Yeah, I'm in a lot of trouble." I like that he <laughs> yes. acknowledges that earlier. Like he realizes this has just gone way out of hand straight away, but sort of just leans into it. So yeah, yeah, it's Sorry. happened now. So let's just carry yeah, on. Yeah, that's it. The thing that it's a good part. The thing that I find like weirder at this moment is that the mum shows up looking for the son. When do mums ever show up and go into a house party? It's just a bit jarring to the scene that she's there walking around. But don't forget all the stuff that's happened before we've got to that point. This is where the earlier scene with his daughter goes up to level 12. Yeah, if you thought just, that oh, was bad. Oh, oh, the fa- oh, so he gets laid out by the bully, doesn't he? 
and then wakes up with her just stroking him gently on the bed and I was just like I was just watching it going ha <laughs> it's the bite she does a oh. bite into the air oh which for me oh it's just everything she's about just it said, she's just said I want it to be special and now she's trying to seduce Mike it's a bit it's awful but then, and then and then it takes an unfortunate turn where she so he's obviously trying to get out of it and she immediately stereotypes him as gay and I was just like, Oh, yeah. that's just that's just awful in my ears. Why I thought, why didn't he just lean into that? He could have. And just say, Uh yeah, I'm gay. So that's why you can't I guess even like twelve years ago, like people were still like, Don't class me as gay. That's obviously a, a, a negative thing, which is not, of course. Yeah, you're right. Like uh, you would absolutely be like, well, if that's an easy way to do it, then all right, yeah. But it was just like, it was the way she listed the stuff off was just horrible in my ears. Just like, well, obviously your hair and your, your you know, I can't remember what else she says. Like, And it's just like, just stereotyping, just yeah. tick boxes here. And it's just a bit like, Ugh, I didn't like that. That's bit. not aged. That's not aged well at all. He tells her instead that he's in love with someone else. And Maggie's basically like, who, who, who? And he's like, no, you don't know them, whatever. She leaves. Mike's like, thank God. My girlfriend goes to a different school. <laughs> you don't know her. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So ominous. Canada. She's really hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is when Scarlett arrives, looking for the looking for Mike. I'm um, looking for Alex. So annoying that like, why would the no mum walks into the head of the party and is like, "Where's mm. my son? Where's my son?" <laughs> but then Mike's like, "Oh, let me show you something." And they have an intimate conversation. Caught up in the moment, he tries to kiss her. And it's like, you need to remember that you're 17. But, oh. uh, and again, just before this, this is another one of them situations where it's a whole double standard. So, like, why is it okay for him to be like, look, your son's got a girlfriend? But, like, that would never happen the other way around. Look, your daughter's got a boyfriend. And but you would Maggie, stand there and watch them making out. Maggie does well for herself. Like they don't, they're never against her being yeah, but, in a relationship. Whereas this is a bit uh, more like they want him to, they want him to get a girlfriend, and he's but like, that wouldn't, he's that been wouldn't, nervous just, about it, and his mum knows. I don't he feel like you would see that happen the other way around. Like if a, if a, if it was a female, you would never see that portrayed in a film. It's always a young, nervous guy, and like for some reason, it's okay to watch them. Oh, look, they're getting together, but it, was, it wouldn't happen the other way around. You just would never see that. You don't see it in films. You don't see a young, nervous girl being encouraged to date a guy. Um, he likes make her, out though. at a party. He likes her. It's not. He, he's yeah, not peer pressure not, or anything. I'm not against it or anything. I just found it an odd moment where that they would stand there and watch. She would watch her son make out with a girl. Like what? Oh, my parent watching me make out with someone. <laughs> like at any age, <laughs> especially not at seventeen. She then slaps him, storms off, and Mike tries to unsuccessfully tell him, tell her his true identity. And Maggie sees it as well. And I think Mike sees it. All of, and Alex sees it. They all see it. And it's all just like... Shit's hit the fan. Ned comes home. He's furious. The head teacher's going at like... It's your typical... It's what you expect to have happened at the party, to be totally honest. My main takeaway from this whole scene was it turned into slap fest, where he just seemed to get slapped <laughs> for about 10 minutes of the film. Got punched, got slapped. slapped like, oh, when the like... girl's like slaps him and then she's like, Come here. I did like that. I thought it was funny. Okay. Yeah, like they all slap him. Like, so his wife's ex wife slaps him, and all these girls slap him. And then Ned slaps him repeatedly the following morning. Like, like 
That gets painful eventually, doesn't it? Hard to watch. Bit slapped to death. Yeah, like uh, enough's enough. Um, But obviously, you're okay with that, even though in we watched when we watched um, Holiday and Cameron Diaz punched the guy. You didn't like that, but you're okay with the slapping. A slap is a bit double standards, Taylor. The end. Wait, I can't remember what I said about him in Holiday. He's calling you out, Taylor. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No unnecessary slapping going on in the film. Oh, okay. You're okay. I'm not. I'm not saying. Not okay with it. But (laughs) I didn't like. For me, I didn't even. It doesn't even stand out because it's just kind of part of the genre. Like I don't know because it's wrong. But the holiday's the same, I suppose. But for me, I think I've seen the film too many times, so I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just enjoying. Just immune to it. I just. I found it very. It's one of them things where uh, it, it just struck me as a this joke will get funnier if we keep doing it but it didn't it just got to a point where it's just like alright you've slapped him a few times now we get it but he wakes up the house I like the fact you've got Ned cleaning and it's like oh he's finally finished the carpet the rug the rug (laughs) the house is still an absolute and it's all oh boo is woe is me it's the day of the divorce Scarlett's going to get sole custody of the kids because he's not there because he can't be there because of the magical powerness and this is the scene where he gets in the car drive stops at the children quite funny just a whimsical moment as a such <clears throat> this was but this was the bit where this is where I realised like why this guy's got what a Lambo and all these kind of cars but the house he lives in doesn't reflect that just seems to be in the middle of the suburbs if he's got that much money to have a Lambo they could just jump in what, is it I, LA I don't... isn't it yeah but you just why would you be living in a suburban district of LA if Can't you've got that much cars. money Switching them out, you don't. He spent it all on lightsabers, didn't he? This is the emotional part of the film. So they run in, and he's like, "I need to read a letter. I need to read a letter." And Scarlett, for some reason, lets him. Which? Why would you let this random kid that's kissed you yesterday read? But whatever, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. I always think. I think for me, I must admit, I thought to myself, I feel like she's in the back of her mind. There's still something strange about him. Like, it still goes back to that first time she sees him and says he looks so much like a husband. Yeah. The whole time, despite the weird creepiness of it, she obviously feels like she knows him in some level. So that, to me, was... And I think she's got a subconscious yeah. soft spot for him because, yeah. He reads the letter. It's all emotional. He's still... He's made mistakes, but it doesn't change that he loves her. Puts the letter down. Scarlet postpones for a month and she picks up the letter and it's just a receipt or something. Yeah. It's that, it's the thing that she gave him to give to Ned. Isn't it? It's the letter that she gave him to give to Ned to give to his older self. It's the address on it. It's the the directions for the courthouse. I just hurt my heart. It's, I actually, I like that scene. I found that quite touching. I thought he did it really well. When he's just saying, like, in like he was like, I mean, th- th- those emotions were real. Zach Efron coming in. He's failed on his magical mission. Tragically, he's failed. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go for the scholarship for basketball. I'm going to, like, basically focuses on himself again. And it's the high school basketball game. We're back, we're back where we started. It's, it's time. Mm. There's a scholar, scholarship person there. Scarlet walks in, looks at him, goes, I can't be here again. Dramatically exits, yet again. But, I mean, 
as much as I hated it, I quite liked that it come full circle. I like it came full circle. I also uh, like uh, the fact uh, he uh, gave uh, the basketball to his son. Like this is yeah, that was a nice handoff. Yeah, uh, that's nice. I did. By this point, I, I was like, all right, but well, this is obviously just a bit of silliness anyway. But I did like, I liked that it lent back into, like, it had come full circle. Yeah. And, like, t- history was repeating itself because it was that second chance that yeah. I was just like, ah, okay, I, I actually don't hate this. I, and given everything, he would do the same yeah, thing again. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's still ultimately going to... He, he re- Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? It's that realisation that, he does still want to be with her. He realizes that he's made that he d- that wasn't a bad mistake. But I'm not gonna lie, when he's running down the corridor towards her and we get the rubbish whirlpool effect again, I was just like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> just why is it so bad? Like, you think 2009, this is, and this isn't a low budget film. No, like, what? Send you uh, Avatar. how did this? How did this get signed off? Yeah, like who, <laughs> who watched that back and was like, yeah, that's that's great. Like what? Like, and it made like I was like, why did he have to fall into a whirlpool in a lake to do this? But apparently, he could just walk down a corridor <laughs> to come back out of it. Like it just. The film ends with Mike preparing as his first day as the new coach at the kids' school. Ned, who has successfully started a relationship with Jane, gives him a whis- a gift of a whistle. So my question is, what does Jane think's happened to Ned's son? Oh yeah. Oh, this is, yeah, exactly. Like this is the reverse of what I was thinking earlier. Whereas, no, no one seemed to question where he'd disappeared to for a month, and now no one seems to question the fact that where's this kid that everyone knew for what must have been a month, has just yeah. gone, just disappeared. Like what? Missing persons case. And and, well, my takeaway from it is just like, why is he now the coach? What's that based on the fact that he could play basketball twenty years ago? Like, he's just, he's been a marketing, no, what, a pharmaceutical rep for 16 years. You're a coach now. Yeah, and the old coach apparently is just out of a job now. Yeah, like, is he dead? What, what's happened like, to him? And, and much as they were like, oh, you're still here. 20 years isn't that long to be in a job, really. No, it's not, not at like all. 40 no. years. Yeah. And he didn't look so haggard that he couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't that old in the film, was he? He was no. just, <laughs> found it very weird. Um, Sling your up, mate. <laughs> oh, we're at the end now. Uh, we, we, this is... Yeah, oh, that's okay, the end right. of the film. Right. Did okay. this do as much for Zac Efron's career as High School Musical did? I don't well, think. Well, no, because the problem is, once you're a Disney star, you're a Disney star. It's very difficult to break the Disney mould. And so this film, yeah, it's like a curse of the Disney stars. Like, you've got like Demi Lovato and... Bella Thorne and they all do these big rash things to try and break their Disney ties because like the Jonas Brothers they all have their purity ring purity rings and everything and it puts so much pressure on them and it's all you've got to break being a Disney star you've said so many things and people to me that I have no idea who or what they I'm are I'm glad it wasn't just me Miley Cyrus Miley Cyrus she they all do rash things to break who they are like Miley Cyrus went through the whole wrecking ball stage to get away from her Disney personality. But Zach oh, didn't have to do anything massive. He just, he did the stepping stone into this film and then he kind of changed his genre slowly. Like, I feel, he's a good uh, he's, actor. He's, he's lucky, really, because I feel like if, if I was advising him what film to do after High School Musical, I would not suggest this because I would be like, mm. this is High School Musical again. Yeah. 
It's very similar, yeah. And the script is very flawed. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it's, yeah, there's so much. It surprised me as it did as well as it did, considering it's really not that good. What I will say is the film does prove Zac Efron can be a main character. He can carry a film. Yeah. Absolutely, and it just it showed that he's got he's got range. He can, you know, he's. He, and that was my main takeaway from it is that he was I found him very watchable he's so charming in it and so mm. charismatic that I you can't help but really like it and like you believe he's that sincere with all of his uh, feelings towards things and it's it's hard not to really like him and want to be friends with him and you mm. think if I was there I'd be mates with him because I mean you say it like helped launch his career it doesn't... I mean, he wasn't really in anything major for quite a few years after that until sort of perhaps like five years later and that awkward moment, which was a a rom-com, which... Um, and then like... And then he's bad neighbours and he, he really starts to ramp up a lot of stuff. New Year's Eve was a good film. With but he's not like a starring role in it or anything, is he? He's just... I, I mean, that's just a whole bunch of segments. The lucky one. Anyway. The lucky one was a bigger standout film. I've never heard of The Lucky One, that's why. And considering the rating it's got, I'm guessing people don't like it that much either. So what are we thinking, Taylor, in hindsight? I will go back and watch this film again. I know I will. I like the basketball scene in the cafeteria far too much to not watch it again. However, there are glaring moments that do not hold up today, such as Ned's pursuit of the head teacher, um the reference to Mike's character being gay. I just don't... Those moments take you out of it and I don't think they were necessary for the plot or to make the film better. But it does hold... I think it holds up better today than other films we've done, probably because it's not as old. But you couldn't release this... I don't think this film would be released in 2021. Well, I think the same. I think, like, these sort of films... I don't think you'd really see anything like these sort of films these days now because because of just the way culture is it just it, it brings up so many weird questions and stuff that it's just like nah that's not i can't watch that <laughs> it's just very very uncomfortable viewing yeah i mean in terms of how well it's aged it's not ter- like you say it's only 12 years old so it's not it's not massively dated i mean there's some things that make it show its age like there's obviously there's a bit where he is it, did he get laid out? They're all watching it on their video phones, and like the quality's abysmal, and it made me laugh. I was just like, "Wow, is that what we used to look?" At? <laughs> you realise how far we've come in twelve years in terms of phone technology and stuff. And yeah, I think I—I I mean, I personally like a comedy. I don't mind a teen comedy. I don't mind that. I can't see myself going back and watching this again. Didn't sit ring with me as a film that I would happily put on in the background. Like it was all right. I didn't hate it. I just wasn't massively into it. There's better films out there I could watch. I'd rather watch Big. I know it's the other way around, but that was always my comparison. Yeah, I watched 13 Going on 30 as well if you're going to watch a film similar to this. No, I'm not going to. Go on, Ed, what do you think? (laughs) I will echo Mark's sentiment. I notice I always seem to side with Mark, and that's probably genre and age thing. But I... (laughs) But I, (laughs) I don't... I didn't dislike the film. I don't have any desire to watch it again. I don't think I ever will watch it again. But 
it did make me think I would probably not be put off a film uh, well not put off but if there was a film with Zac Efron starring in it I would go oh okay I'll be interesting to see him again because um, hmm. it, it kind of opened my eyes up to a oh I can see why so many people like you now and that's because in my head he's just this kind of pretty boy doing Disney films that managed to to break into doing other films whereas now I'm a bit like oh no you can act so yeah yeah I get you I'd be I've been intrigued to see other stuff from him but as for this film I think it's I, I just I think there are better films that do this genre of um, another chance mm. or going back in time and I mm. and like you say the going the opposite way I think Big is a classic that um, I would be curious to watch that now though and see how creepy yeah, that is actually yeah yeah true and but it, it kind of touches all the on the themes of these films that they do without being too inappropriate I don't think but yeah, yeah of course it's interesting actually it's funny what you say there because where you've obviously said that you perhaps didn't have watched stuff with Zac Efron in because you've got that Disney persona in his head. Interestingly, I've seen him in stuff recently and I say recently, over the last few years and been actually really like the, like him as an actor now, was more curious to go back and to see his earlier stuff to see if it was, if he'd, his acting style has changed. And to be fair, watching that, I was like, oh, well, he is still, even then, he was very good. Like, you can see why he's continued to get good roles and get better and better stuff. Like, he's very good. And it almost it almost makes me think, well, maybe I'd watch High School Musical. And then remembered, I don't want to. Please, let's do it. Never, ever. Well, High School Musical could be next, but we'll have to wait and see when we come back after the short break and we decide what we're going to watch next. Okay, welcome back everyone to the final part of this episode of That's Hindsight. The job now is to decide which film we are going to be watching next time. And to do that, we of course must spin the Wheel of Years. Oh! Oh! It's 1985! We're going back now. Yay. We are. Back to the 80s. Back in time. Back to the future. Back to the future. No. Oh, <laughs> so it's my choice to, to, to choose the film based on 1985. And having looked at them all and, you know, really considered them, I'm going to go with Death Wish 3. Great choice. What? Firm. <laughs> Happy with that? No. Um, I've decided to go with... Clue, ah. which is based on the board game Clue, brackets US, and Cluedo, brackets UK, <laughs> and the rest of the world. I don't know. I recently played Cluedo for the first time this Christmas, so I'm quite excited for this. Did you enjoy your game? It's also been recommended. I did enjoy it, and I got it. I won the first time. Congrats. Wow. Thanks. Were you playing with yourself, or was there other people involved? There was other people involved. Oh, I just, I didn't know, you know, you never know. You won, yeah. so... Yes. Confuse me. I know. I know one avid listener who will be very excited by this choice. Oh well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. One listener. Just one. <laughs> I think we've got one listener. So, hi. Yeah, that, that's in the bank. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, that's next time, though. But uh, for us now, uh, we're going to say goodbye. So I'll just remind you that you can subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platforms. Uh, and if you like the show enough, uh, we would very much like it if you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts, which, having checked earlier, there are a few on there. So thank you very much to those people who have done that. Mm. Very kind of you. And you can get in touch via that's hindsight at gmail.com please do if you want to send us an email please you know let us know your thoughts yeah. if you've got a question for the team ask taylor's likes dislikes you know we'll it's ask anything what i would think um <laughs> you can follow us on social media facebook and twitter at that's hindsight and on instagram we're at that's hindsight pod pod there you go yes Pond. How did we that's... not get that's hindsight? I'll never know. Oh, I know, so upsetting. But that's it. So it's goodbye from me. Goodbye, goodbye from me. With the three Ronnies. <laughs> ready, 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 ready. Uh, bye. Bye. I'm not doing that. <laughs> bye, guys. Okay, bye. See you later. Bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>